0: Chapters eight through twelve, Book thirteen, Volume two of Lamport Darther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts. Lamport Darther, Volume two, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Chapter eight and therewith the tears fell in his eyes, and then he said, Gawain, Gawain, ye have set me in great sorrow, for I have great doubt that my true fellowship shall never meet here more again. Ah, said Sir Launcelot, comfort for yourself, for it shall be unto us a great honour, and much more than if we died in any other places, for of death we be sicker ah launcelot said the king the great love that i have had unto you all the days of my life maketh me to say such doleful words for never christian king had never so many worthy men at his table as i have had this day at the round table and that is my great sorrow when the queen ladies and gentlewomen wist these tidings they had such sorrow and heaviness THAT THERE MIGHT NO TONGUE TELL IT, FOR THOSE KNIGHTS HAD HELD THEM IN HONOUR AND CHIRTY. BUT AMONG ALL OTHER, QUEEN Guenever MADE GREAT SORROW. I MARVEL, SAID SHE, MY LORD WOULD SUFFER THEM TO DEPART FROM HIM. THUS WAS ALL THE COURT TROUBLED FOR THE LOVE OF THE DEPARTITION OF THOSE KNIGHTS, AND MANY OF THOSE LADIES THAT LOVED KNIGHTS WOULD HAVE GONE WITH THEIR LOVERS, AND SO HAD THEY DONE, had not an old knight come among them in religious clothing? And then he spake all on high, and said, Fair lords, which have sworn in the quest of the Sangreal, thus sendeth Eunachian, the hermit, word that none in this quest lead lady nor gentlewoman with him, for it is not to do in so high a service as they labour in. For I warn you plain, he that is not clean of his sins he shall not see the mysteries of our lord Jesus christ and for this cause they left these ladies and gentlewomen after this the queen came unto galahad and asked him of whence he was and of what country he told her of whence he was and son unto launcelot she said he was as to that he said neither yea nor nay so god me help said the queen of your father ye need not to shame you for he is the goodliest knight and of the best men of the world come and of the strain of all parties of kings wherefore ye ought of right to be of your deeds a passing good man and certainly she said ye resemble him much then sir galahad was a little ashamed and said madam sith you know in certain wherefore do you ask it me for he that is my father shall be known openly and all betimes and then they went to rest them and in the honour of the highness of galahad he was led into king arthur's chamber and there rested in his own bed and as soon as it was day the king arose for he had no rest of all that night for sorrow then he went unto gawaine and to sir launcelot that were arisen to hear mass. And then the king again said, O Gawain, Gawain, ye have betrayed me, for never shall my court be amended by you, but ye will never be sorry for me as I am for you. And therewith the tears began to run down by his visage. And therewith the king said, Ah, knight, Sir Launcelot, I require thee thou counsel me, for I would that this quest were undone. And it might be. "'Sir,' said Sir Launcelot, "'ye saw yesterday so many worthy knights, "'that then were sworn, "'that they may not leave it in no manner of wise.' "'That wot I well,' said the king. "'But it shall be so heavy me at their departing, "'that I wot well, "'there shall no manner of joy remedy me.' "'And then the king and the queen went unto the minster.' So anon Launcelot and Gawain commanded their men to bring their arms, and when they were all armed save their shields and their helms, then they came to their fellowship, which were already in the same wise, for to go to the minster to hear their service. Then after the service was done, the king would wit how many had undertaken the quest of the Holy Grail, and to accompany them he prayed them all. Then found they by the tail an hundred and fifty, and all were knights of the round table. And then they put on their helms and departed, and recommended them all wholly unto the queen, and there was weeping and great sorrow. Then the queen departed into her chamber and held her, so that no man should perceive her great sorrows. When Sir Launcelot missed the queen, he went till her chamber, and when she saw him she cried aloud, O Launcelot, Launcelot, ye have betrayed me and put me to the death, for to leave thus, my lord. Ah, madam, I pray ye be not displeased, for I shall come again, as soon as I may, with my worship. Alas, said she, that ever I saw you, but he that suffered upon the cross for all mankind, he be unto you good conduct and safety, and all the whole fellowship. Right so departed Sir Launcelot, and found his fellowship that abode his coming. And so they mounted upon their horses, and rode through the streets of Camelot, and there was weeping of rich and poor, and the king turned away, and might not speak for weeping. So within a while they came to a city, and a castle at hight Vagon. Then they entered into the castle, and the lord of that castle was an old man that hight of Aegon, and he was a good man of his living and set open the gates and made them all the cheer that he might and so on the morn they were all accorded that they should depart every which from another and on the morn they departed with weeping cheer and every knight took the way that him liked best chapter 9 now rideth sir galahad yet without shield and so he rode four days without any adventure. And at the fourth day after Evensong he came to a white abbey, and there he was received with great reverence, and led unto a chamber, and there was he unarmed, and then was he ware of two knights of the table round. One was Sir Bagdemagus, and that other was Sir Owain. And when they saw him, they went unto Galahad, and made of him great solace and so they went unto supper sirs said sir galahad what adventure brought you hither sir said they it is told us that within this place is a shield that no man may bear about his neck but he be mischieved uther dead within three days or maimed for ever ah sir said king bagdemagus i shall bear it to-morrow for to assay this adventure in the name of god said sir galahad sir said bagdemagus and i may not enchieve the adventure of this shield ye shall take it upon you for i am sure ye shall not fail sir said galahad i right well agree me thereto for i have no shield so on the morn they arose and heard mass then bagdemagus asked where the adventurous shield was. Anon a monk led him behind an altar, where the shield hung as white as any snow, but in the midst was a red cross. Sir, said the monk, this shield ought not to be hanged about no knight's neck, but he be the worthiest knight of the world. Therefore I counsel you knights to be well advised. Well, said Bagdemagus. I wot well that I am not the best knight of the world, but yet I shall assay to bear it, and so bear it out of the minster. And then he said unto Galahad, An it please you to abide here still, till ye wit how that I speed? I shall abide you, said Galahad. Then King Bagdemagus took with him a good squire, to bring tidings unto Sir Galahad how he sped. Then when they had ridden a two-mile, and came to a fair valley afore an hermitage, then they saw a knight come from that part in white armour, horse and all, and he came as fast as his horse might run, and his spear in his rest, and Bagdamagus dressed his spear against him, and brake it upon the white knight. But the other struck him so hard that he brass the mails, and sheaf him through the right shoulder. For the shield cover him not, as at that time, and so he bare him from his horse, and therewith he alighted and took the white shield from him, saying, Knight, thou hast done thyself great folly, for this shield ought not to be borne, but by him that shall have no peer that liveth. And then he came to Wagnermager's squire and said, Bear this shield unto the good knight Sir Galahad, that thou left in the abbey and greet him well by me. Sir, said the squire, what is your name? Take thou no heed of my name, said the knight, for it is not for thee to know, nor for non-earthly man. Now, fair sir, said the squire, at the reverence of Jesus Christ, tell me for what cause this shield may not be borne, but if the bearer thereof be mischieved. Now, sith thou hast conjured me so, said the knight, this shield behoveth unto no man but unto Galahad. And the squire went unto Bagdemagus, and asked whether he were sore wounded or not. Yea, forsooth, said he, I shall escape hard from the death. Then he fetched his horse, and brought him with great pain unto an abbey. Then was he taken down softly and unarmed, and laid in a bed, and there was looked to his wounds. And as the book telleth, he lay there long, and escaped hard with his life chapter ten Sir Galahad said the squire that knight that woundeth Bagdemagus sendeth you greeting and bade that ye should bear this shield wherethrough great adventures should befall now blessed be God and fortune said Galahad and then he asked his arms and mounted upon his horse and hung the white shield about his neck and commended them unto god and sir so owain said he would bear him fellowship if it pleased him sir said galahad that may ye not for i must go alone save this squire shall bear me fellowship and so departed owain then within a while came galahad thereas the white knight abode him by the hermitage and everich saluted other courteously Sir said Galahad, "By this shield, be many marvels fallen." Sir said the knight, "It befell after the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ thirty two year, the Joseph of Arimathea, the gentle knight, the which took down our Lord off the holy cross. At that time he departed from Jerusalem, with a great party of his kindred with him, and so he laboured till that they came to the city that hight Sarras." And at that same hour that Joseph came to Saras, there was a king that hight Evelake, that had great war against the Saracen, and in especial against one Saracen, the which was King Evelake's cousin, a rich knight and a mighty, which marched nigh this land, and his name was called Ptolemy Lafainz. So on a day these two met to do battle. Then Joseph, the son of Joseph of Arimathea, went to King Evelake, and told him he should be discomfit and slain, but if he left his belief of the old law, and believed upon the new law. And then there he showed him the right belief of the Holy Trinity, to the which he agreed unto with all his heart. And there this shield was made for King Evelake, in the name of him that died upon the cross. And then through his good belief he had the better of King Ptolemy. And when Evelake was in the battle, there was a cloth set afore the shield, and when he was in the greatest peril, he let put away the cloth, and then his enemies saw a figure of a man on the cross, wherethrough they all were discomfit. And so it befell that a man of King Evelake's was smitten his hand off, and bare that hand in his other hand. And Joseph called that man unto him, and bade him go with good devotion touch the cross. And as soon as that man had touched the cross with his hand, it was as whole as ever it was to fore. Then soon after there fell a great marvel, that the cross of the shield at one time vanished away, that no man wist where it became. And then King Evelake was baptized, and for the most part all the people of that city. So soon after Joseph would depart, and King Evelake would go with him, whither he wold or knolled, and so by fortune there came into this land that at that time was called Great Britain, and there they found a great felon panim that put Joseph into prison. And so by fortune tidings came unto a worthy man the tight man dreams, and he assembled all his people, for the great renown he had heard of Joseph. And so he came into the land of Great Britain, and disherited this felon, Penim, and consumed him, and therewith delivered Joseph out of prison. And after that all the people were turned to the Christian faith. Chapter 11 Not long after that Joseph was laid in his deathly bed. And when King Evelake saw that, he made much sorrow, and said, For thy love I have left my country, and sith ye shall depart out of this world, leave me some token of yours, that I may think on you. Joseph said, That will I do full gladly. Now bring me your shield that I took you, when ye went into battle against King Ptolemy. Then Joseph bled sore at the nose, so that he might not by no mean be staunched, and there upon that shield he made a cross of his own blood. Now ye may see a remembrance that I love you, for ye shall never see this shield, but ye shall think on me, and it shall be always as fresh as it is now. And never shall man bear this shield about his neck, but he shall repent it, unto the time that Galahad the good knight bear it, and the last of my lineage shall have it about his neck, that shall do many marvellous deeds. Now, said King Evelake, where shall I put this shield, that this worthy knight may have it? Ye shall leave it there as Nacian the hermit shall be put after his death, for thither shall that good knight come, the fifteenth day after that he shall receive the order of knighthood, and so that day that they set is the time that he have his shield and in the same abbey lieth nacian the hermit and then the white knight vanished away anon as the squire had heard these words he alighted off his hackney and kneeled down at galahad's feet and prayed him that he might go with him till he had made him knight yea i would not refuse you then will ye make me a knight said the squire and that order, by the grace of God, shall be well set in me. So Sir Galahad granted him, and turned again unto the abbey where they came from, and there men made great joy of Sir Galahad. And anon as he was alighted, there was a monk brought him unto a tomb in a churchyard, where there was such a noise, that who that heard it should verily nigh be mad, or lose his strength, and sir so they said we deem it is a fiend chapter 12 now lead me thither said galahad and so they did all armed save his helm now said the good man go to the tomb and lift it up so he did and heard a great noise and piteously he said that all men might hear it, sir galahad the servant of jesu christ come thou not nigh me for thou shalt make me go again there where I have been so long. But Galahad was nothing frayed, but lifted up the stone, and there came out so foul a smoke, and after he saw the foulest figure leap thereout, that ever he saw in the likeness of a man, and then he blessed him, and wist well it was a fiend. Then heard he a voice say, Galahad, I see thee environ about thee, so many angels that my power may not dear thee right so sir galahad saw a body all armed lie in that tomb and beside him a sword now fair brother said galahad let us remove this body for it is not worthy to lie in this churchyard for he was a false christian man and therewith they all departed and went to the abbey and anon as he was unarmed A good man came and set him down by him and said sir i shall tell you what betokeneth all that ye saw in the tomb for that covered body betokeneth the duress of the world and the great sin that our lord found in the world for there was such wretchedness that the father loved not the son nor the son loved not the father and that was one of the causes THAT OUR LORD TOOK FLESH AND BLOOD OF A CLEAN MAIDEN, FOR OUR SINS WERE SO GREAT AT THAT TIME, THAT WELL NIGH ALL WAS WICKEDNESS. TRULY, SAID GALAHAD, I BELIEVE YOU RIGHT WELL. SO SIR GALAHAD RESTED HIM THERE THAT NIGHT, AND UPON THE MORN HE MADE THE SQUIRE KNIGHT, AND ASKED HIM HIS NAME, AND OF WHAT KINDRED HE WAS COME. SIR, SAID HE, MEN CALLETH ME MELIUS DE LEAL, "'and I am the son of the king of Denmark.' "'Now, fair sir,' said Galahad, "'sith that ye become of kings and queens, "'now look that knighthood be well set in you, "'for ye ought to be a mirror unto all chivalry. "'Sir,' said Sir Melias, "'ye say sooth. "'But, sir, sithen ye have made me a knight, "'ye must have right, "'grant me my first desire that is reasonable.' "'Ye say sooth,' said Galahad. "'Melias said,' then that ye will suffer me to ride with you in the quest of the Sangreal, till that some adventure depart us i grant you sir then men brought sir melias his armor and his spear and his horse and so sir galahad and he rode forth all that week or they found any adventure and then upon a monday in the morning as they were departed from an abbey they came to a cross which departed two ways and in that cross were letters written that said thus: Now, ye knights errant, the which goeth to seek knights adventurous, see here two ways, that one way defendeth thee that thou ne go that way, for he shall not go out of the way again but if he be a good man and a worthy knight, and if thou go on the left hand, thou shalt not lightly there win prowess, for thou shalt in this way be soon assayed. Sir, said Melias to Galahad, if it like you to suffer me to take the way on the left hand, tell me, for there I shall well prove my strength. It were better, said Galahad, ye rode not that way, for I deem I should better escape in that way than ye. Nay, my lord, I pray you let me have that adventure. Take it in God's name, said Galahad. End of Book Twelve, Chapters Eight through Twelve.